Are you ready for the word? Let's go into the scriptures. We'll begin with Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. When the scripture is on the screen, we'll read it all together. One, two, three, go. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Everybody, one more time. You are the light of the world, like a city that is on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. One more time. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot. Everybody say cannot. You have to look at your neighbor and say, I cannot be hidden this year. Uh, I, I am about to be revealed. The anointing inside me, the grace inside me, the, the blessing upon my life, it is going to manifest. Amen. We have understood a little bit about this scripture during the crossover service where it's not just talking about how you may be a, a light bulb. It's talking about how you become a city. You become a model for many others to follow. You become a system. You become a governance. You become a, a government in, in yourself. And it's not just talking about how we will function together as a church, but also how you will function as an individual. How each of you are going to respond to God, how you're going to respond to your situations, to your circumstances, how you're going to react and how you're going to respond, how you're going to speak. Everything is going to be based on the, the, the government that you are. You're not just an individual anymore. We are not just saying that you, you're, you're alone anymore. You, you, no, no, you are greater than just yourself. You have a purpose. You have an identity that Jesus says you are, in fact, the light of the world. And if you are a city, then you need to have a system. And if you are a system, it, it means that you, you need to have protocols and authority structures. It means that you need to have a sense of leadership, not just over yourselves, but even over your environment. You need to have an understanding as to how to lead in whatever situation the Lord places you in. Whatever situation your enemy throws you into, whatever situation your, your family members, your, even your church, whoever throws you in or pushes you into a situation, you need to know how to still govern in that situation, how to still exercise authority in that situation. Amen? This morning's word, I have titled it as the governance of Joseph. Joseph, he was a governor in Egypt. Amen? I want us to just read through the story of Joseph and understand how he governed, how he served, how he exercised the authority, what caused him to exercise the grace and the authority that he exercised. Let's begin with Genesis chapter 20, 30 and verse 24. The Bible says, you, get, you can read with me? Let's go. And she named him Joseph, for she said, may the Lord add yet another 
son to my family. So when Rachel, when she had her first child, she had been, you know, sitting in this season of barrenness. She'd been hurt. She'd been ridiculed. She'd been going through a season of darkness, so to speak, where finally God came through for Rachel and God blessed her with a child. So what did she name him? She said, he shall be called Joseph. And the literal meaning of the word Joseph is to may the Lord add. May there be addition. May the Lord add yet another son to this family. That's, that's exactly what she was declaring over herself, over her relationship with Jacob, over her destiny. She was saying, this child will bring addition to my family. This child will bring increase into my family. I'm not limited to this one blessing. Yes, I thank God for the fact that I have a little breakthrough, but this breakthrough is now going to grow. There is going to be increase. I pray that none of you will be satisfied with one prophecy, with one breakthrough, with one revelation, with one understanding, but that you will carry this grace of Joseph. Where you say, no, 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 I, I am going to constantly add to my life. There is going to be, may, may the Lord constantly add grace upon grace, faith upon faith, wisdom upon wisdom, understanding upon understanding, influence upon influence. May the Lord add yet another son to my family. You know, Joseph had a grace not just to add, but he also had a grace to reposition people. Because of him, his parents had to move from Canaan to Egypt. He had a grace to reposition, to, to make sure that people don't stay in the same location. Let me read this for you. This is Genesis chapter 30 and verse 25. The very next verse says, Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please, release me, I need to go. Please, my season here is over. As soon as Joseph came in, he said, I, I can't stay in darkness anymore. I can't stay away from my promised land anymore. I have to go. I have to be released from my circumstances. And I believe that the Lord is also repositioning some of us into, into different places, into different uh, situations. Some of them may be not as, as comfortable as it was in the last season. Because our prophet said, this is going to be a year of great turmoil. It is not going to be a year of comfort. You will have governance, but you may be surrounded by turmoil. You may be surrounded by darkness. But you have to believe that the Lord will reposition you in the exact place. You have to believe that if you function in this grace of governance every move that has to happen whether it is in your career whether it is in your marriage whether it is in your uh, finances whether it is in your ministry every repositioning that has to happen it is coming to you in Jesus mighty name it is coming this morning as we read about Joseph that same grace is going to begin to manifest for you that same grace is going to begin to be, begin to unlock certain things that has been 
locked and not functioning for a really long time. That same grace is going to manifest and begin to work on your behalf. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37, we're going to skip a lot of things that he did over the next 17 years. We go to Genesis 37 and verse 2. When Joseph was 17 years old, how many of you are older than 17? Almost all of us are older than 17. It says when Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. So if you're above the age of 17, you better be serving. I'm sure people under the age of 17 also can be. But if you're above the age of 17 at least, by this scripture, you better be serving your father's house. You better be taking care of your father's flock. It says, he often tended his father's flocks. And he worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wife, Bilha and Zilpah. He's not just serving his father. He's also working for his brothers. He may be a young one in the house, and yet he's not saying, oh, wait, I, I'm, I'm the smallest in the house. I, I should be pampered. I should, everybody should, you know, treat me nicely, kindly. No, no, no. no. You, 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 you may be the smallest. You may be the weakest, but you can still serve. You can still work hard. I've told you guys this before, you know, how... Yeah, I was in, in Canada last year and I saw how all the sisters there were carrying heavy equipments. You know, all the brothers, they were very nicely sitting with dad and receiving, you know, from dad. But all the sisters, you know, dad's house was, uh, you know, back then we had to carry equipments every Tuesday night, Tuesday nights and Sunday mornings. We had to carry equipments, take it to the basement in dad's house. And I saw all the sisters working hard. Making sure. And I'm like, no, 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 sisters are supposed to be weak vessels. But in the house of God, you know, I went and told this to dad. And I said, dad, I, I don't like how, you know, all the sisters are, are doing this. Dad said, don't call them weak. They are my daughters. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, that's true. If, if you truly understand your identity, then you're not going to be limited by your weaknesses. Then you're not going to say, ah, I can't do this. I, I'm, uh, this is too much outside my scope. This is supposed to be a man's job. This is supposed to be a 35-year-old's job. No, you can't say this. This is supposed to be businessmen who should be giving to the church. Or this is supposed to be like very rich people who are supposed to build the kingdom of God. No, as young as you are, as small as you are, you're qualified to be a Joseph, to exercise governance. See, it's very easy for all of you to say amen when I say you will have authority. But I'm also asking you to understand all the things that it takes for you to reach there. It's not just overnight that Joseph all of a sudden got authority. It's not overnight that all of a sudden Joseph got uh, influence. It's not overnight that all of a sudden Joseph got blessings and favor and promotion. There was a lot of hard work and serving that was involved before the breakthrough came, before the revelations came, before the prophecies came, before the dreams came. It says when he was 17 years old, he often, which means he didn't begin at 17, he used to. They, they, they were just fast forwarded the 
scene to when he was 17. But this was his lifestyle. He often used to tend his father's flock. He had not become old enough to have his own flock, but he knew what and where and how to tend his father's flock. Amen? And it says, and he worked for his brothers too. Let me tell you this. It's easier to work for your father than to work for your brothers. <laughs> your father, you, you, you submit to him, you love him, you honor him. But to serve your brothers, that, that's a little hard. You know, because, you know, we're all trying to, trying to one-up each other, right? We're like, ah, oh, no, but I, I, I can serve better. I can do better. But here is Joseph. He's not just serving his father, which most of us would love to do, but he's also serving his brothers. Show me a man who has humility enough, not just to serve his father and mother, but also to serve his brothers who may be upset with him, who may be jealous of him, who may be speaking bad about him. See, I understand if you're serving brothers that... Uh, are being nice to you, you know, who give you pocket money, who constantly take you with them everywhere they go. But if you're a brother who's being isolated, if you're a brother who's not ever invited into the party, if you're a brother who is like looked down upon, you know, like David was, when he went to serve his brothers, the brothers are like, I know why you're here. You, you just want to Instagram this battle, don't you? you you're just here to to get some nice video clips and you have no other intention. Here is David genuinely serving his father and his brothers, but the brothers are now, you know, ha having a wrong understanding about his motives and they are calling him names. And yet, if you are going to be persistent enough to serve, then there is a throne that is waiting for you. What his brothers didn't understand at that time is that David was qualifying himself for becoming the next king of Israel. So some of you, when you are given the opportunity to serve your brothers, take it with both hands. This year, you will have a lot of opportunity to serve, you know. We have grown in size. We have a lot of things to do here. There's so much. Uh, we have to constantly keep uh, working hard on building our workforce team. And, and our work responsibilities in the house of God is constantly increasing. And your father is not going to be around to always give you instructions. Sometimes it may come from your brother or sister. And that time to say, oh, wait, I don't care if, if my father is around or not. I'll still obey. I'll still submit. I'm not just serving my father. I'm also in this to serve my brothers because this is the year of covenants. It says, are you ready for the next screen, next verse? It says in the same scripture, but Joseph, he reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. We call him a snitch. <laughs> Snitches get. You know, the Bible says Joseph, he served his brothers but he was still accountable to his father. He helped and worked for his brothers, but his ultimate loyalty was still to his father. So if his brothers did something that is now in violation of the direction that he had received from his father, he 
was now obligated out of his devotion and commitment to his father, he was now obligated to bring it to his father. And that is why now the father began to trust Joseph's counsel. Now the father begins to trust Joseph's perspective on matters. Can you imagine he's the youngest of the family? He's not the most experienced. He's not been in ministry for a long time. He's not been running this church, you know, tending the flock. is very similar to running a church. Pastors are called shepherds. He, he's not been a pastor for a very long time. He's the youngest pastor. But because of his loyalty to his father, now the father begins to trust him and saying, okay, I, I need you to tell me what's going on. The father didn't always intervene, but the father was aware of everything that is happening in the field. He's aware of where one sheep is getting lost, where Reuben is misbehaving, where Judah is, you know, stealing more, more money, more sheep. They, he knew everything of what is happening among the brothers. And this kind of made him, made him a target by the brothers. You know, it says uh, in verse 4, were, but his brothers hated Joseph. Why? Because they reported about his brothers? Why, why did his brothers hate Joseph? Come on, read it. It's, it's like there's no surprise here. Read it. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And because of this favor, because of this, you know, commitment that the father also gave towards Joseph, now that put a target on Joseph. The father was very explicit in his expression of devotion and love and affection towards Joseph. Brought him a nice suit, not him, bought him a nice, uh, you know, what is it, Gucci or... Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> and, and, and everybody, all the brothers could see what Joseph was wearing. And it was obvious that the father really loved Joseph. See, what they didn't understand is why. What they didn't know is that it's not the father showing partiality towards Joseph. It is that over a period of time, Joseph has earned the trust of his father. Now, the father can give him rewards, and yet, and yet he will be loyal to his brothers, and yet he will be committed to his uh, task, yet he will continue to serve. His father had learned to trust Joseph. And that is how the father started favoring Joseph more and more and more. And the Bible says that caused his brothers to hate him. So, when I say that you have to be willing to undergo the process for exercising governance, I'm also saying you have to be willing to receive some hate. You have to be willing. If you're signing up for governance, please don't think that it is going to be a bed of roses. That everybody's going to salute you and everybody's going to welcome you and give you money. No, no, no. There are going to be people that will hate you. There are going to be people that will throw you into the pit. There are going to be people that will sell you to the 
uh, Ishmaelites. There are going to be people that will wrongfully accuse you. There are going to be people that will forget you in the prison. All of this is part of the deal. So if I tell you that it's going to be very easy, that everything is going to be okay, then, then I'm lying to you. Yes, this is the reward, and yet this is the price. When you continue to serve God, when you continue to serve your house, your man of God, and your brothers intentionally, you will automatically become a target of people that don't like what you're doing, that don't like the favor of God upon your life. All of a sudden, they will have a problem with what you're wearing. They'll have a problem with your hairstyle. They'll have a problem with the car you're dry driving. They will have a problem with where you live, how you talk. Everything about you will become an irritation to some people. And that's normal. You have to take it as compliment when people hate you. You have to celebrate. You have to say, thank you, Jesus. Finally, I am there. Only my father used to be persecuted. Now I get to be persecuted. That's amazing. I, I'm, I'm entering into the right zone. When people hate me and hurt me because of my willingness to serve God. Please, I hope that it is not for the wrong reasons people hate you. It's not because you owe them a lot of money and, or you've taken something and you know, you, you've been hurting them. No, I hope that it is because of your commitment to the ways, the assignments that God has put over your life. If that is what is causing you or bringing you hate, then it's okay. You have to learn to embrace it. Joseph can't say, I can't deal with this. I can't live in a house of so much hate. Let me just go find another house. Let me find other brothers. You know, I, I can't deal with this. I, I think that more, many people, they give your mental health as an excuse to get out of situations. Oh, my, my mental health doesn't allow me. And, and, and I think we are, we are surrounded, we are, we are living in this world where most of our theology is fashioned by Instagram reels. And what do they say on Instagram reel? Please, if your mental health is getting affected, then don't go to their house. Don't be in that situation. Just get out of that marriage. Just, you know, do your own life. And here is Joseph. Can you imagine his mental health? He's being hated upon day in and day out. And he's a young kid, teenager. You know, his, his, his nervous system is not even set properly. And he's being hated upon. Can you imagine the trauma that he would go through? And yet, this boy did not take things into his own hands and run out of the house. He didn't say, okay, I will go find my own way. God has spoken to me. God has favored me. God has blessed me. I don't need the favor of this father and his brothers. I don't need this house. He didn't get out of the house. He stayed there. He continued to serve his father. As much as he was hated, he continued to serve even his brothers. It says they hated him so much that they couldn't even say a kind word to him. So if you find it hard to say a kind word to somebody, you may not necessarily be plotting terrorist attack against them, but if you're not able to use kind words, this is how you know, this is the standard of hate, okay? I'm not saying that hate has to be very toxic in, in, the, in, the, in the way that the world portrays it. Hate is when you can't speak kindly about people that you're surrounded by. 
You have to constantly work on articulating your kindness. You can't just be saying, ah, yes, yes, I love every, everybody in my heart. But show it with your words. How often have you tested somebody in church and saying, hey, you know what? I really admire the way that you work. I really admire the way that you serve. If you can't have kind words to say about somebody, then you don't have the right to criticize them. Then you don't have the right to give them feedback. Then you don't have the right to tell them how wrong they are. If you can be kind to the people that God has placed around you, please don't just say, I love everybody. No, articulate your kindness. Otherwise, you're manifesting a spirit of hatred. According to this verse, it says, because they, didn't, they, because they hated him so much, they couldn't speak a kind word. So the one way you know that you're not manifesting hatred is when you're constantly speaking kind words. Every Sunday when you come here, you should be watching people around you to say, oh, who can I be kind to today? How can I speak a kind word to somebody who has done something different today that I can go and show my kindness to, show that they have been so good in this house. They've been serving their father. They've been serving their brothers. It says, one night, Joseph had a dream. In this season of being hated upon, in this season of being hurt, in this season when there is no kindness that is being spoken over his life, in this season where he is isolated in his own household, his father doesn't seem to be protecting him. You know, the more his father favors him, it's only working against him, right? And in that season, the Bible says, he had a dream. In, in the night, when everything was dark, when he could have no perspective, God gave him a word. And that's all that it takes to start the trajectory to start turning into your favor. You don't need to literally sit on the throne in Egypt to, to become the governor. All that you need is that one visitation from the Lord. That one word from the Lord. It may not even look like this is for you. See, when Joseph saw this dream, he didn't even understand it fully. He didn't even perceive the full meaning of it. And yet, he, his trajectory began to change that very moment. The Bible says one day, one night, Joseph, he had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they, what did they do? Did they hate him before? Yes. But now this word from the Lord, this dream that God gave him, this revelation that he received from the Lord now caused him to be more hated. So if you're thinking, oh, I will stand up and share a testimony and I'll tell everybody how the Lord is wanting to use me and, and everybody will clap and then I will get promoted in church and then I'll get into leadership, then I will preach. And oh, that's not how it works. If you express what God has shown to you, be ready for more fire. <laughs> be ready for more persecution. If, if you're scared of this, 
just hide it till you are ready for it you know that's that's the wise thing to do to to not to not go around telling everybody oh you know what god has promised to give me a a, a 1 million dollar business and you know I, i i get a little ticked off when somebody is like walking around saying dad gave me a prophecy and this is the prophecy i got and and i am going to be doing this so so now everybody has to understand this and now treat me like i am a millionaire already no 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 don't begin to expose your prophecies your dreams before it's time because if you expose it before it's time it can get aborted it can get threatened it can get hurt you know you will undergo unnecessary persecution you know there are some persecution which is you know unavoidable but there are some that is you know can be managed can be avoided the bible says the more he spoke about his dreams the more he spoke about his encounters the more he spoke about how god is now wanting to elevate him the more that made him an enemy to certain people so you have to weigh the people that you're surrounded by and you have to see do they have the capacity to handle the information i've been receiving like this revelation this is my revelation you know one of the reasons why a prophet doesn't publish every sermon doesn't you know share everything on social media is because he 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 values what he receives from the lord and he knows that some people don't have the capacity to handle this you know that's one reason why you wouldn't find the full 3 4 hour word from new year service on social media because that was a word exclusively tailor made for the ones that were here who had paid a price and would come here to receive and not everybody can understand that not everybody will be able to receive that and if you try to make others understand it they will turn against you and they will begin to hurt you that's why jesus said don't throw the pearls before the pigs because first they will trample on the pearl and then they will turn against you not only will they trample the revelation they will begin to trample you so you have to be careful as to who you expose your spiritual encounters to not everybody need to have access into your dream realm your dreams don't have to go on whatsapp status as soon as you get it you know your your dreams don't have to be public knowledge let it let it stay in hiding let it let there be a a little bit of cooking under the surface you know when a seed is hidden it doesn't mean it's dead when a seed is kept under the soil it it's invisible but it doesn't mean it is dead it is still alive it is producing certain results that it can't produce when it is exposed only under the surface only under the soil when it is hidden can that seed be 100% effective if you keep taking it out every 10 days you're reducing its effectivity and i hope that this season some of you guys will be careful about what god is depositing inside you be 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 protective about it his brothers they responded saying so do you think that you will be our king do you do you actually think that you will reign over us see the brothers interpreted the dream for him he just went and shared the dream to them the brothers began to interpret it saying you're saying 
you are going to have governance over us. <laughs> you are going to become a governor. Are you saying that, that you, will, you will reach this place where you are now going to exercise authority over us? Is that what you're saying to us? Is that what you're declaring over us? You know, see, if the brothers had some common sense, they would have understood. This guy didn't make it up. He received it. It's not like he's saying, I want to have authority over you. He's saying, I, I saw this dream, guys. I don't know what it means. I don't know where it's going to take us, but this is the dream I saw. And they could have just said, okay, uh, I don't like it, but let's take it to our father. Let's discuss. Let's see what God has in all of this. And yet the Bible says they began to interpret it and they said, ah, does it mean that you are now going to reign over us? See, you should understand this. The ones that God is going to elevate, he's going to elevate irrespective of your support or not. If God has chosen to bless you, he's going to bless you whether people stand with you or not. But the ones that stand with you, God will bless them. The ones that help you in your journey going up, God is going to bless them too. But the ones that fight you, you will, they will unnecessarily be coming and bowing down before you, you know, with a, unwillingly, they will have to come, come and bow down before you. I, I hope you remembered that verse that Mama preached last Sunday uh, from Revelation chapter 3. That I will make those who claim to be Jews to come and bow down before you and fall down and acknowledge that, yeah, 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 you are truly in control. You are right. So some of them, they can come willingly and happily or they can come unwillingly. They may be forced to come. But your job is not to try and bring them in and... and Someday you will realize. You, know, you, you don't have to be vengeful about all of those things. It is, it is for God to do that. If you start fighting for yourself, God will say, okay, you're doing my job. So, you know, have at it. And I'll not involve myself in trying to vindicate you. But if, if you take a step back and you say, I don't care what people do. I don't care what they say. The Lord will fight for me. The Lord will do the right thing at the right time then I will assure you this, that no weapon that is formed against you will ever prosper. I can assure you this, that every word that God has spoken over your life, it shall come to pass with or without their help, with or without their support, with or without their, uh, their blessing over your life because you are called to reign. Look at your neighbor and say, you are called to govern. Look at another neighbor and say, this is a year of governance. Because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. This is talking about Christmas Day. When a child is born, but a son is? A son was not born. Son was there from the very beginning. He's the only begotten of the father, right? Son was not born. A child was born. Okay? But a son was given. And the Bible says, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. 
See, he has two identities. One, he's a child in the natural realm. But in the spirit realm, he is still a son. As much as he is a tiny baby who can't even speak Hebrew, he, he doesn't know how to teach yet. He doesn't know how to turn water into wine yet. The Bible says he will carry the grace for governance. This is speaking about Jesus, right? Do you know that you and I, we are the shoulder of Jesus Christ today? Because <laughs> he's the head and we are the? Come on, talk to me. We are the body. So in this year, God has chosen us to be his shoulders. The government shall be upon us. Because we are his shoulders. We are his body. We will reign. We will rule. When God says that this is the year of governance, he's not trying to joke with you and saying, okay, you will have some authority. What God is saying is, I'm giving you authority that you have not even asked for. You've not even dreamt about. You've not even understood this. Joseph, you may be a little boy. You may be a weak child. But if you understand your identity, you're a son that has been given. And because you have been given, you will be a reason for addition in your environment. You'll be a reason for repositioning in your environment. You will be a reason for great prosperity wherever the Lord places you. And because of which, you are now going to rule and reign. You are going to govern. You are going to exercise authority. You are going to have the final say. In every matter. You have to believe this. This season, this year, no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens around me, I will have the final say. It's easier to say Jehovah will have the final say. But now God is saying the government will rest on, not on the head, but on the? He is the head and we are the? body. So which means the government will rest where? On us. We are the shoulders. We are the body. It will rest upon us. So it is not just he who will have the final say. It is you and I who will have the final say. Without a word coming out of your mouth, things cannot shift or change in your house. Without a word coming out of your mouth, things cannot shift in this city. Without a word coming out of your mouth, without you giving permission, the enemy cannot invade your privacy. I declare this as a blessing over you. The government is resting upon you in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 37 verse 8, And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he... So I, I hope we are learning some lessons here. It's good to receive dreams, but we can at least tone down the way we talk about these dreams, yeah? The Bible says in the next line, this time he told the dream even to his father as well as his brothers. But his father, it says, his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this? Jo Jacob is asking Joseph, what kind of dream is this? Are you saying that your mother and your brothers, your, your mother and I and your brothers, they, we will all come and bow down to the ground before you? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're declaring over us? What exactly are you trying to emphasize with this dream? And if he had a little bit of intelligence, he would have said, wait, he's just a kid. He's not making this up. 
He's received this from another realm. Let me go to that realm to find interpretation, to find how can I mentor him and lead him to that place of governance. See, because Jacob refused to believe in Joseph's dreams, God had to raise a Pharaoh to raise him up. It was not the Pharaoh's job to elevate Joseph. Who should have put him in that place of governance? The, the son of Abraham and Isaac is in the house. Jacob, you know, the, the man who walked in the spirit of governance, Abraham himself has raised an Isaac and has raised a Jacob. Who better to teach governance than Jacob? But Jacob says, no, 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 I, I don't believe in this. He began to scold him. He began to say, how can this be? Why? You're just a kid. You're 17. What do you think about yourself? The father began to negate the prophecies that are being given to the son. Because of which the father got disqualified from helping the son to reach that governance. Can you imagine how much of pain could have been saved? The whole story of Joseph that you hear, it's because... The father didn't believe in Joseph's dream. If the father believed in Joseph's dream, he didn't have to go out of the house to succeed. He could have succeeded staying in the house. The father would have guided him. The father would have mentored him. The father would have told him, okay, now go. Now do this. Now this is the right time. Now let's, let's exercise this. And the father could have used this son, can, could have given this son to be a big blessing to Egypt and the world around. But because the father rejected this prophecy, because the father didn't have the understanding and the revelation to now accept what Joseph was receiving from God, the father lost that opportunity. And the Bible says, but while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, the father, he wondered. Everybody said wondered. The father, he was not jealous. Please don't think that Jacob was insecure. It's just that he didn't understand. And the best place for him to have gone to seek help and solution would have been to the presence of God, which he didn't. He just, it says, he wondered what the dreams meant. He kept pondering upon it. He kept thinking about it. The same thing you would read about Mary. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, all who heard the shepherd's story, they were astonished. But Mary, she kept all these things in her heart and she constantly thought about them. Constantly began to meditate about them. See, the difference between a Jacob and a Mary is the fact that Jacob had no understanding about these dreams. Mary had an understanding because she had had an encounter with Gabriel who had given her information who had given her revelation, who had told her how and when and where this governance will manifest. Now, even though she thought about it, even though she wondered about it, it was not in disbelief. Whereas Jacob, his thinking and wondering was all in disbelief. See, you should understand, Jacob was also a man of great encounters. He had an encounter with God in Peniel, in Bethel. This, God, this man saw God face to face. That's why he called the place Peniel. Right? That means to see the face of God. And yet, he didn't 
go back to God when his son had this dream to ask, Lord, show me the meaning of this dream. Interpret this dream for me. He, he wondered, he meditated, he thought, he did the same thing that Mary did, but outside of an input from heaven. And whenever we try to make sense of anything, it could be anything, it could be your life situation, it could be a, a problem you're going through, it could be even a sermon that you hear, okay, on a Sunday, if you hear a sermon, I'm giving you my dreams, what I have received from the Lord, I'm giving it to you, right? If you try to process this outside of your connection with heaven, if you're just pondering upon the word without praying over it, without receiving what God is trying to give you as instructions, any type of processing that happens outside of God's involvement in our life, our conclusion will be very wrong. We'll come to a very uh, wrong understanding. You can hear the same sermon, you can be in the same room, hear the same sermon, and have the exact opposite conclusion as to what I was teaching. There are people who have come and told me, Pastor, thank you for the word. God has spoken to me. I am going to get divorced. I'm like, when did I teach that? <laughs> when did I say that? And they're like, no, 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 you, you said the exact same words, that God is going to separate you from your enemy. And I said, uh... I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's why I said you, you have to process the information with a deep personal relationship with God. You have to go back to God and say, God, this is what I've been given. How does this make sense? What, what are you trying to do in my life? How are you trying to use Joseph? It doesn't make any sense to me because he's still a young boy. He's not even the eldest in the family. See, you know, today it makes a lot of um, sense because, you know, we live in a very, you know, equal world. You know, everybody's equal, right? But the world that they were living in, Joseph didn't have any right in the house. It's Reuben, the firstborn in the house, who has to become the ruler, who has to become the man, who has to become the next patriarch after Jacob. It doesn't make any sense that... Joseph is receiving a dream from God that he will not only become a ruler over his brothers, but also over his father and mother. That doesn't make any sense. That's why Jacob couldn't understand it. And he should have taken that information back to God and say, God, this governance, it is too hard for me to understand, but will you please help make it sense for me? So this season, I want you to not just be carried away by one word that you heard and say, okay, this happened or this didn't happen or this should happen. No, no, no. I want you to take this and ponder upon it based on your revelation with God. You go back to prayer. You take it back into your personal time with God. You stand upon that word day in and day out and you say, Lord, this has to open up for me. I need more light in this area. I need more understanding in this area. I cannot be ignorant about this thing. I cannot be unaware of how you are going to use us in this season. I need to know the light. I need to know the understanding. I need to know what you are doing. I need to know when you're moving. I need to know every breath, every step, every heartbeat of yours. I need to know. If we can keep going back to God like that, then your pondering and your thinking will have a lot of fruit. The Bible says, soon after this, 
Joseph's brothers, they went to pasture their father's flock at Shechem. They left the house. They went to another land. The next verse, verse 13, Genesis chapter 37, verse 13. When they had been gone for some time, okay, so the brothers left and they'd been gone for some time. They'd been away from the house for a while when the father said, okay, your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready and I will send them Send you to them. And Joseph replied saying, I'm ready to go. Read the next verse, verse 14. So he's saying, he's now giving him an assignment. Go and see how your brothers, how your brothers and the flocks are getting along. For some reason, the brothers and the flocks didn't get along. That's why a young man had to be sent to see, are these pastors beating up the sheep? Or what is happening? Are they getting along? You know, they, he's, he's sending Joseph to see if they are getting along. And go watch everything and then come and bring me a, a report. Do you, do you understand what is happening here? They'd been gone and the length of time for which they'd been gone is now causing a worry for Jacob. Because he's like, I know what happened here. In my neighborhood, last time. Now they are in Shechem. Now they are away from home. And they've been gone too long. Now I'm getting nightmares of what is happening to my sheep. I need to send somebody that I trust to bring me a report as to what's going on on the field. What's happening if they are getting along. Or if they are doing wrestling matches between the shepherd and the sheep. If they are getting along, bring me a report. So, Joseph, not only did he have the grace to help add into the family, not only did he have the grace to reposition, he also had this special grace to erase people's worries. Anybody in worry, like, you know, J J Jacob's anxiety was, like, increasing, right? Now his heartbeat is increasing, saying, oh, no, my kids, oh, no, my sheep. Are they getting along? What's going on? His anxiety was angry. He, he was worrying. The, the first person he looks to was Joseph. Please don't think that Jacob did not have other servants in the house. Don't you think that Jacob, a rich guy, the grandson of Abraham and Isaac, that he, he, didn't, he couldn't afford servants? See, Abraham's servants could go fight a war. So you can imagine, it, wealth only increases over generations. It doesn't diminish. Now here is Jacob. He is also a patriarch of his own accord. And yet, he's not sending a servant. He says, let me send my son that I really love, that I really trust, because he has a way of bringing me a news that is not causing more anxiety. It is, it is helping me be at rest. So even when you know, Joseph is coming and saying, you know what, Reuben has been, uh, he made mutton curry out of this one sheep, and then he did this. all of that bad news. It is not causing more anxiety for Jacob. It is causing him to be at rest. The way that he's communicating to Jacob, it is bringing him back to peace. And that is why the next time he is anxious about his kids, he is sending Joseph to them. 
The Bible says, when Joseph's brothers, read it with me, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance, and as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Sometimes you, you have to understand this, that your, some of your assignments will take you to places where you may now become a, a, a target. You may now become uh, the, the scapegoat. You may now become the, the person that all oh, the enemy, the church, the world, the whole world around you may turn against you. Not only are they now hating you, not only are they now unable to speak kind words to you, not only are they hating you more and more because the way you talk, but now they are making plans and they are plotting. They are now doing witchcraft. Now they are actively diminishing what God has put on your life. And now they are plotting to destroy you. Now they are trying to kill you, the Bible says. And it goes on to say, here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So they're not actually trying to kill Joseph. They're trying to kill the dream. Do you understand what I'm saying this? They're not trying to kill you. They're trying to kill your ministry. They're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to hurt your calling. If you think that they are after you because of your nice looks and because you have nice hair. No, no, no. They're not after you. They are after the anointing that you carry. They are after the encounters that you have from God. They are not trying to hurt you, my sister. They are trying to hurt that God-given dream. So when they put you in the cistern, they are not putting you in there. They are trying to say, let me see. This is the word that was spoken about him. Let me see if this word will come to pass. This is what the prophet said, right? Okay, now I'm going to do this. Now let me see how he will be used in nations. Ah, you, you, you said that you, you can't, uh, you, that, that you can't fail and you know, all these confessions that you made. I'm going to do this and now let's see if your confessions will truly come to pass. The enemy is going to try his best to, to overwhelm your, your calling in life, your anointing, your ministry so much that you know, you would want to give them up yourself. Because if you just say, no, 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 I don't believe my dreams. No, 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 all of that was wrong. I refuse to believe. You know, your, your brothers, they will be your best friends. They will take you out on their, you know, uh, parties with them. They will feed you all the mutton curry that they've been stealing from their father's flock. They will do all those fun activities with you if you just denounce your dreams. And yet when he comes... The brothers look at them and said, wait, let's get rid of the dreams. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the anointed one. Here comes the one who prays. Here comes the one who has an encounter with God. And let's try to quench this encounter. And you know, I, I love this word that our father brought. And he, and he said this, I, I'll read this for you. This is John chapter 12, verse 24. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is 
planted in the soil, meaning it falls to the ground, it, it's planted in the soil and it doesn't die, it remains alone. So Joseph was alone all this while. He was, he, he, because he had not yet gotten the opportunity to die. But now, what the enemy meant for evil, God was about to turn it for good. The Bible says that when this kernel of wheat, it is planted in the soil and it dies, it, it doesn't remain alone after that point. Now, it's death begins to produce many new kernels. It, it begins to reproduce. It begins to br bring fruit. And a, a plentiful harvest is coming out of this one seed, this one grain of wheat that is willing to let go, that is willing to let go of the you know, control, that is willing to be thrown into a cistern, that is willing to be uh, accused wrongly, that is willing to be thrown into a prison, there's one person that is willing to go through this torture. The Bible says, now is going to result in a plentiful harvest. So this last year, whatever hurt you went through, whatever betrayal you went through, whatever isolation you went through, it was not for nothing. The turmoil you went through, it was not for nothing. It was helping you to die to some of the dreams some of the things that you, you clung so tightly to. Because as much as God gave you the dream, as much as it is true that you did receive this prophecy, it is, it is not you who will make it come to pass. It is the Lord who will make it come to pass. So at some point you have to say, okay, God, it's not in my hand. I'm willing, wherever you put me into, I, just that you shouldn't take things into your own hands. You don't go jump into a system and hope that somebody will rescue you. <laughs> you don't run away from your father's home and hope that somehow you will land at Pharaoh's house. No, that's not how it works. You wait till you get kicked out. You wait till you get thrown into the cistern. You know, the baby, Moses, he, he stayed in his father's house till they threw him out into the river. He, he didn't say, oh, you, this, this situation is not favorable to me. I need to leave this. No, that's not how it works. Till the time you get thrown into a cistern, you be faithful. You be the dreamer that you are. You, you be the loyal server that you are because you are preparing for a year of governance. And what God has declared over you, it shall come to pass. The more you die, the more you reproduce. The more they insult you, the more you grow. The Bible says this about the Israelites that the more Pharaoh persecuted them, the more they increased, the more they multiplied. So thank God for the persecution that brings favor into your life. Thank God for the hurts that bring multiplication, reproduction into our lives. Thank God for that death that produces a mighty harvest. Genesis chapter 37 verse 28 it says, so when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, they came by Joseph's brothers, they came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. I'm just fast forwarding, forwarding this story. They couldn't, they decided not to kill him, but they decided to sell him. 
So do you know the value that they placed for these dreams? If only they knew that this guy is worth the prime minister of Egypt, how much money would they have demanded for him? <laughs> but they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. So first, you will find a group of people that will want to destroy your anointing. Second, you will find a group of people that will want to undervalue your anointing. That will want to demean the value upon that, that is placed upon what God has put inside you. And that's exactly what these guys did. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was again purchased there. I'm sure that when Potiphar bought him, you know, they would have made a little bit of profit because they have, they've sold him for 20. They've purchased him for 20. They would have sold him for at least 40, right? And yet, if they knew this guy has answers to turn my nation upside down, what price do you think they would have paid for him? It says Potiphar. He, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar, he was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Let's read on. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything that he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. So the, the location doesn't matter. If I'm kept in the house of the Egyptian master, what am I going to do there? I'm still going to serve. And if I serve, I will have success. You know, I'm just reading this, not necessarily to give you a revelation, but so that you can just receive this. Some of you, you just need to, every time I read about these successes, you need to build an altar. Every time you receive something that God is speaking to you, saying this is how the Lord is going to give you governance this year, you need to scream and receive this saying, this is going to be my year. This is how I'm going to succeed. Not because his father was with him, not because his brothers were for him, not because Potiphar had favor on him, but because the Lord was with Joseph. He now begins to succeed. Ah, uh, Somebody said, I receive it. And if the Lord is with you this year, you will succeed in everything that you do. There will be a season when you are not actually in your destiny. His destiny was in the palace. And yet... He didn't have to wait till he reaches the palace to prosper. He can prosper even in the journey. So some of you, you have not reached your end goal, but you are going to prosper, you are going to succeed, you are going to have great results even in the journey. Even when you are taking those turns, you are still going to have a harvest and the Lord's presence with you will be public knowledge. The Lord's presence with you is going to be put on display for others to taste and receive from. The Bible says God was with Joseph. Even as he served in the home of an Egyptian master and because of that, he succeeded in everything that he did. Are you ready for the next one? Again, I'm not giving you a revelation. I'm just reading it so you can receive it, okay? Uh, Genesis chapter 39 and verse 3. Potiphar, it says he... Potiphar noticed this and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, 
giving him success in everything that he did. Some of you, you've been saying, I've been serving my boss, I've been serving this place, and I've been doing so much, but I'm not getting the reward that I should get. But I'm declaring this over you. If you're preparing for governance, I'm declaring this over you, that your Potiphar will notice it, your Potiphar will realize it, that you will get the reward, the crowns, even if it is not your final destination. Even if you're on the way to the palace, you will get noticed in the mighty name of Jesus. They will be realizing that the Lord is working on your behalf. There will be an attestation, an affirmation of the fact that God is fighting for you. <laughs> you may be in a land where you're away from your family. You have nobody to trust, nobody to talk to. But now the grain of wheat has begun to multiply. It has begun to succeed. It has begun to get noticed. It says in the next line, this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. I like this next line. He says he put him in charge because <laughs> he, was, he was meant for governance. So now every success didn't just give him more cookie points. Now he gets more authority. Now he gets more influence. His influence is increasing. It's not just about wealth. It's about influence. Where now Potiphar says, I am putting you in charge of the entire household. Not just my household, but even outside my house. I, I, I own a property in Hormavagra. I own a property in uh, Gedlahalli. I own a property in Devanahalli. I am giving you access to all the things that I own. Now you control. You have the final say. Look at your neighbor and say, I have the final say. This is, this, is, this is going to become your testimony this year. I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about this year. You will have governance in your workplace. You will have governance in your marriage. You will have governance in your ministry. You will have charge. The Bible says, Potiphar put him in charge of the entire household. From the day that Joseph was put in charge. Are you ready for this? It says, from the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord, come on, read it with me. If you have faith, read it with me. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for whose sake? For Joseph's sake. Potiphar did not deserve this blessing. Can you imagine a Bible verse being written that says, you know, God began to bless Microsoft because of you guys. <laughs> because you work there, God is like, oh, wait a minute. I, I can't not bless Jacob. I can't not bless Joseph and not bless the environment that he's serving in. Anybody that pays him, I'll pay them. Anybody that blesses him, I'm going to bless them. Anybody that is going to sow into his life, I'm going to prosper them. Now God is saying, for the sake of Joseph, he began to bless Potiphar's household. Can you imagine the undeserved blessings that Potiphar is getting in the process? I wish some Christians become this intelligent. That when they find a Joseph, instead of becoming jealous with him, instead of saying, I, I, I don't like your dream, why, why, don't you, why don't you hire them? You know, tell them, oh, wow, that's amazing. Can you come help me manage my property? Help me manage my finances. Give me advice on, 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 on how to manage my time. I need your help. I need your involvement in my life. 
Bring them in. Give them access. You, you bless them. You start, you start giving them promotion. And you would know that the God that is blessing Joseph will now begin to bless you. Because you are now investing into this Joseph. I'm giving you guys keys for running a good business. When you find men or women who have the favor of God upon their life, hire them. Give them promotions. Give them unnecessary raises. You know, there is a race that is necessary, right? From time to time. There is a race that's not necessary. Like, uh, Joseph doesn't have to be put in charge of the house. But when you see this guy has favor, when Potiphar realized it, Potiphar said, you need a promotion. Not step-by-step -step promotion. You need a, you know, double promotion or triple promotion. You know, like you need to rise above the ranks. And Potiphar put him in, in charge of everything. And everything turned around from the very day. Not the year. It says from the day that Joseph. Like, like today he got appointed. Today itself things started shifting in his house. The next line. Read it with me. I hope you will say an amen. It says all his household affairs <laughs> ran smoothly. Your governance will cause a smooth functioning. This year, your governance will cause people around you, your family, your church, your ministry, wherever the Lord has placed you, there will be a smooth running in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, not only was, he, not only was the household affairs running smoothly, now his crops and his livestock began to flourish. <laughs> His crops started multiplying, meaning his stocks started multiplying. His, his flocks, which means his cars, started multiplying. You know, everything that he owned started multiplying from the day that Joseph... See, Joseph was already in the house, but there was a point when Joseph was given governance in the house. When he was put in charge of the house. And from that point, there was a clear distinction. Saying, now, all of a sudden, everything is beginning to flourish. Everything is beginning to have great favor. But you know, the Bible says, uh, I want you to read this also, because I said he had the grace to remove worries. Read this. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over the house and everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't, come on loudly, he didn't, he didn't, Worry about a thing. Except what kind of food he would eat. Which means Joseph was not good at cooking. <laughs> that was his one weakness. He's like, I can do everything. I can manage money. I can run a kingdom. But please don't tell me to get you a sandwich on the plate. You know, everything else, I'll get it for you. It says he didn't have to worry about a single thing. You have this grace to erase people's worries this year. This grace of governance, you, you're not going to add worry to your pastors. With your presence in this church, you're going to decrease their worries. See, when, 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 when you walk into the pastor's office, he shouldn't be like, oh no. He should be like, oh yes. You know, when, 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 when you take an appointment with the pastor, the pastor should be excited to meet you. Yeah, he, he shouldn't be saying, oh no, what trouble am I in now? What is she going to complain about next? You know, uh, the last complaint was that the AC was 
too cold. Today it is hot. I don't know what is she going to complain about today. Why is she coming today? When, when, you, when you make an appointment with your pastor, he should be excited to receive you. He's like, ha, ah, this, the one who erases my worries here. The one who decreases my tension is here. You know, when, when, when you put a leave application to your boss, he should be like, oh my God, I, I don't know how am I going to manage without you. Because you're the one who fixes all the problems. If, if things go crazy in my office, you're, you're the one person that, that knows what to do. He, they, they should be freaking out if you are planning to leave and go to another company. They, they should be going crazy thinking, how? How am I going to manage now? Because you have a grace to erase worries. It says, all the singles in the house will like this very much. It says, Joseph was a very handsome and a well-built young man. I don't know how many of you made the decision to go back to the gym. At least for the first 10 days of January. Oh, I, I forgot. It's already 7th. You know, and our expiry date is just three days away, right? It says, Joseph, the anointing on his life was such that not only did he have under spiritual understanding, he also had physical understanding. He knew what makeup to put. He knew what to eat. He was a well-built guy. He, he, he had taken care of himself physically. So it means you, you can't say, I'm having governance over demons and principalities, but you don't know how to control your diet. My wife is saying amen for me over there. <laughs> because these are things that she keeps telling me. She's like, come on, you, you, can't be, you can't be talking about, you know, control over these demons and principalities when you can't control when you look at the chips. And that's true. Your, your governance has to surpass every sphere. From the physical, it has to enter into your marriage, it has to enter into your career, your ministry, your relationships, your neighborhood, everywhere you need to be in charge. You need to be in control. But the same governance is also going to cause you some problems. Because the anointing has a way of making you look attractive. And it says that Potiphar's wife, she began to look at him lustfully, saying, come and sleep with me, she demanded. And this, this was a, a problem because Potiphar's wife was not Joseph's wife. You know? and, and see, the, the difference between serving Potiphar and serving Pharaoh is that as soon as he started serving Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, it is not good for Joseph to be alone. Potiphar didn't see that area. Pharaoh, as soon as Joseph started working for Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, bro, you need to be married. You're, you're too handsome. You're, you're, and immediately, Pharaoh organized Joseph's wedding. See, the things that Jacob should have done back home. Now, Pharaoh, did, did I, didn't I tell you that these were not things that Pharaoh should have done? These are things that Jacob should have done for Joseph's protection. But now Pharaoh, he's like, he, he's wise to say, I need to bless this guy, not just with money, but with also the right people to surround him, to protect him, to cover him. So that this thing that happened yesterday in Potiphar's house doesn't happen in my house. It doesn't get repeated in, in this same, this, this pattern doesn't repeat. And the Bible says that, that because of his availability, 
that became a problem there. And the thing is this. When you are outside of your destiny, okay, outside of where God has called you to settle in, you will not be able to settle. No matter how blessed you are, you will not be able to settle. Which is not a bad thing. Because it is your disturbance in Potiphar's house that is now making way for you to Pharaoh's house. Because if, can you imagine if you're already married and settled in Potiphar's house, then you're going to be a servant to Potiphar for the rest of your life. You're going to be settled here. You're going to think this is the, this is the destiny God had for me. And you'll be stuck there. Until now, the man of God has not yet started interpreting dreams. He is just functioning out of this grace for governance that he's received from his forefather Abraham. You know, where, wherever he goes, whatever he touches, just multiplies. That's, he, he's yet, yet to tap into the interpretation of dreams. He's received dreams but never interpreted dreams before. So can you imagine if he would have said, oh, this is, this is okay. I'm happy here. If he would have done that, he would have gotten stuck there. But thank God for the disturbances. Thank God for the disconnections. Thank God for the times when God even allows certain wrong accusations, wrong people to come and hurt you, speak words, to, to tear you down. But all of it is only going to work in your favor in Jesus' mighty name. The Bible says Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. There he remained. Let me read Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 13. It says, But as a terebinth or oak tree leaves a stump when it is cut down, Okay, it says an oak tree when it is cut down, it leaves a stump. It, it can't be uprooted from the roots. When it is cut down, they have to leave the stump because it's too deep. The roots have gone too deep. It says like an oak tree or a terebinth tree, it leaves a stump when it is cut down. So Israel's stump will now become its holy seed. So what you think is a shame that I, I only have a naked bare stump left. I'm, I've been put into prison for no reason. I've been isolated. I've been, I have to go through this process all over again. I had already died in that cistern. I had some prosperity and then I've been cut out. The Bible says, don't worry. Now this stump will become the seed. If that acorn seed can bring you this big. Can you imagine what a stump can bring forth? Because that entire stump, your, your current situation that has been, you know, bothering you, that, that situation, that situation is now going to become a holy seed. <laughs> See, God was speaking to Israel and God is telling them that I'm going to allow enemy nations. Go back and read Isaiah 6 for context. It says, I'm going to allow enemy nations to invade you back and forth to a place where only a small remnant will be left behind. And he says, but that stump, that remnant that is left behind, now they will become a seed. They will become a holy seed. This year, 
If you're believing for governance, there may be multiple times when you may be cut down to back to being a stump. Multiple times. This happened to Joseph multiple times. But the Lord says that stump will become a seed. So there is no way that you are going to be quenched. No matter how small you are, you are the seed of an oak tree. Will you believe that? No matter how, how, how much of struggle you go through, you have to believe you carry nations in your womb. It doesn't matter what, what circumstances or what situations, you have to believe that there is still greatness left. There is still more anointing left. I, I am not done yet. I am not done yet. My story is not over. That, that little stump, that is a holy, holy seed. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. But in that place of being a little stump in the prison, it says, but the Lord, he was with Joseph. He began to water him in the prison with his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite even in the prison. He was a favorite in his father's house. He was a favorite in Potiphar's house. And now even as a little stump that has been cut down, whose prosperity has been taken away from him. He is still now a favorite. Why? Because he's been nourished by the faithful love of the Lord. I want to tell you this, my dear friends. There may be a time when everybody will turn against you. But the faithful love of the Lord will nourish you through this year. If, if you believe in this grace of governance... Your first support is not from people. It is from the Lord himself. His faithful love. Your church may not understand everything you're going through, but the Lord, he is the high priest who sympathizes with everything because he's been there. He's been hurt. He's been rejected. He's been called names. He's been accused. He's been wrongly said wrong things about. He understands and he will take care of you. He will give you his faithful love. The Bible says, before long, are you ready? Again, I'm just going to read a few verses for you to receive. Before long, the warden put Joseph in. Come on, loudly. We, we can say it a little more louder. Again, before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had <laughs> Come on, read for me. The warden had? So do you understand what I mean by saying he had a worry-removing anointing? He removed the worry of his father. He removed the worries of Potiphar. And now he removed the worries of the warden. The warden is like, man, now that he's here, he doesn't know about what he did for Jacob. He doesn't know what he did for Potiphar. He, he's new to this prison, and yet he's like, now this guy, he, I have no more worries. Which means the man had a lot of worries. If, if, you're, if you're a pastor of a criminal church, where all your church members are criminals, you, have, you better have a lot of worries. You know, you, you can't sleep in peace. But now Joseph is put in charge there. You know, he, they, they tried him in the father's house, he succeeded. 
he did well. They tried him in Potiphar's house among temptations and a lot of wealth and money. He succeeded. Now they put him in hell, literal hell, a, a prison. Okay, where the royal prisoners, all the traitors of the nation, all the, the most wicked, dangerous criminals of the nation are held. Right? And Joseph begins to succeed there. Wow! So please don't tell me, I, you know, that this, this place is too demonic for me to sustain. You know, if Joseph can survive and have governance in a prison, then you can have governance in a 9 to 5 job. Okay? Please, please don't tell me there is a lot of politics in my job. No, no. You leave your job when you have the, the, the understanding and the revelation to run your business. When the Lord gives you an open door to your own palace, you leave the job. But don't leave the job because you, you feel like, ah, oh, this is too much politics. Everybody's talking bad about me. No, no, no. You have the grace for governance. Don't leave because of politics. Leave when you know you have to go. And when you go, they have to be begging you to stay. They shouldn't be happy saying, oh, finally. No, you have to rise in your workplace. Even if it is a prison, rise there. Shine there. I'm giving you a mandate to arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You will not be put to shame. Even in the prison, the darkest of dungeons, you have the mandate to shine. It says, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything that he did to succeed. One day, he's, he's in his prison pastoring all his people, right? One day, two guys, they had dreams. You want to hear the question he asked them? Let's read chapter 40 and verse 7. <laughs> Joseph's like, why do you look... So worried. I'm an expert <laughs> in easing people's worries. Why are you guys looking worried today? Two people, they saw dreams that caused them to be. Till now, Joseph has not, you know, initiated to help anybody. Whoever has come to him for help, whoever has, you know, used him. Like Potiphar, Joseph didn't have an option to not serve Potiphar. Joseph was born in Jacob's house. He didn't have an option to not serve here. He, he was a son there. Uh, he was a slave in Potiphar's house. He was a servant in the, in, the, in the prison. But for the very first time, Joseph is like, I can see this pattern in my life. I seem to be having a grace to help people with their worries. Which means I need to be on the lookout for the next person who has worries. Instead of asking them to come to me, let me go to them. Because in doing this, his next level got unlocked. Because still now, he was only multiplying what has been given to him. And now, he had a divine connection to heaven. Where he begins to interpret dreams in a way that his father Jacob didn't do. That Isaac didn't do. That Abraham didn't do. Now, he is taking his governance to the next level. Can you imagine? You, you cannot be stuck to whatever... You've, you've seen or you've, you've, you've been exposed to. The more you become good students of what you have already been doing and you exercise doing that more, there will be more that will be added to you. Because 
some of us we are waiting for god to put us in the palace so that we can find no 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 you become a good steward in the prison you're like okay i can help worries let me look for every worried prisoner in the church let me look for every person who has a money problem in church let me look for every person who who is struggling in parenting let me look for every person who is struggling to manage their job i'm going to go and help them i'm going to go serve them because in doing that what you don't know is that not only is the multiplication going to work now you're going to connect to a realm now something some doors are going to open up for you that were shut for you till today because when you're faithful with little things much more will be added to you the two guys they said we saw dreams and so this is they reply the next verse they replied we both had dreams last night but no one can tell us what they mean so joseph said that's not my business interpreting dreams is but go ahead tell me your dreams because i can fix your worries because i have this grace to fix your worries maybe i will start interpreting dreams for you too because this is god's business that i'm handling now now it's no longer my business if it was the warden's job then it is my business but this is no longer the warden's job this is god's business that i'm entering into when i start taking care of people on god's behalf then the resources that has to come to me the money that has to come to me the the influence that has to come to me the 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 necessary investment that has to come to me it will come automatically it will come don't wait for you to actually receive that investment to start serving people but when you take that first step and you say okay i am going to serve i am going to help i am going to become radical in giving all the resources that needs to come to you they will look sir comes looking for your address they'll have your phone number they will have your account number you will you will have uninvited guests who will come and tell you next year this time you will have a baby you know people that you have not even expected to show up they will automatically show up and give you the resources that you need to succeed so my dear friends will you become intentional this season to serve intentional to serve even in the prison because he says interpreting dreams is god's business and you know how the dreams interpretation went but the bible says the next line pharaoh's chief cupbearer however forgot all about joseph never giving him another thought pharaoh's cupbearer he had told him okay now that i have helped you you have to help me tomorrow but this guy he forgot him you know left him can you imagine how discouraged joseph will feel after all this time one glimmer of hope that it's also gone i'm stuck here the bible says in first peter chapter 1 verse 23 you've been born again not of a corruptible seed but of an incorruptible seed can you say it with me loudly i've been born again not of a corruptible seed but of the incorruptible seed which is the word of god so if you believe that all the success that you have gotten is because of you know some uh, corruptible seed that you found on instagram reels 
then maybe that success will not be permanent. But if the source of your success has been the word of God, then let me tell you this. It is not going to be temporary success. It is a success that is going to last. Read it one more time with me loudly. Having been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but the incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and it abides forever. So I am a product, not of a corruptible seed, but of a incorruptible seed. Look at your neighbor and say, I am not corruptible. <laughs> I, I cannot be destroyed. I cannot fail. It's impossible. It's impossible that I can give up because the seed inside me is incorruptible. The word of God inside of me, it lives and it abides and it is eternal. And there is no way I give up before the word in me gives up. This seed, it is incorruptible. And somebody said an amen. amen. Soon the Bible says, one day Pharaoh had a dream. The next morning, read it with me. Pharaoh has, was very disturbed by the dreams. Do you know why? Because there was somebody who had the grace to remove worries. So Pharaoh had to be disturbed to make way for the worry solver to come into the palace. Amen? You may not know this, but some people's sickness is so that you can, you can have an entry point to some palaces. You, you may think, oh my God, so sad, bad, you know, you may be feeling bad about them. No, no, don't feel bad about them. Feel good about yourself. Say, I'm, I have the answer. I have the final say. This is not unto death. This is so that we can help you. We can take you deeper, closer in your relationship with God. It says, the next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dream. So he called for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Then they brought Joseph. Do you want to read what Joseph said? He said, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Why? I'm a worry solver. I am able to keep you at ease. You know, they hired Joseph not to escape the famine, but to give peace to Pharaoh. Did you know that? Joseph couldn't or didn't have the ability to skip the famine. But Joseph had the ability to make sure Pharaoh will be at peace through the seven years of famine. You know, the whole nation went into debt. But Pharaoh had food to eat all through the famine. That's what he did. He just made sure Pharaoh is set at ease. That is, that is a grace for governance that the Lord is about to release this year through you. He says, are you ready? Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man. Put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. You're not reading with me. I, I'm going to go on for all evening if you stop reading, okay? I, I, I have this word ready for a whole year. 
so i i if you don't if you don't support me i i'm not going to stop so please read with me so i can stop fast okay it says therefore pharaoh could find should find an intelligent somebody say i am intelligent and a wise man somebody say i am a wise man or a wise woman and put him in charge governance comes to intelligent and wise people spiritually intelligent and spiritually wise people so pharaoh looks back at him and says in the next line verse 40 you will be read with me you will be in charge of my court and my people they will take orders from you look at your neighbor and say that's your story yeah that's your story you will be put in charge and people will take orders from you says only i sitting on the throne will have a rank higher than yours verse 41 pharaoh said to joseph i hereby put you in charge of the entire land of egypt then pharaoh removed his signet ring and he put his from his hand and placed it on joseph's finger which means this was pharaoh's personal authority his signature okay this is before they learned how to read and write probably they knew how to write and read but before they learned how to make signatures this was their signature he's saying i give you my signature whatever you sign is done whatever check you and cash so be it can you imagine the authority that joseph was given his pharaoh's signet ring and he dressed him in the linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck get ready for your fine royal clothing get ready for some gold chains to come over you are you ready then he had joseph ride in the mercedes is the word it says no the bmw or you can put whatever car you want there it says in the royal chariot that is reserved for his second in command and wherever joseph went the command was shouted kneel down do you remember the word that came last sunday that those guys they will come and kneel down before you and they will acknowledge that your god is god they will acknowledge that you really serve god and the bible says this word went out kneel down wherever joseph's car comes you don't open joseph's car standing you know you kneel down and you open joseph's car hey hey it says and pharaoh said to him i am pharaoh the next line the next verse i am pharaoh but no one will lift a hand or a foot in the entire land of egypt without your approval who has the final say pharaoh is not saying unless i say what is he saying unless you say unless you say nobody will lift a hand or a foot in all of egypt unless you say you and i we have the final say 
the bible says joseph he named his oldest son okay i told you he got married there then he named his oldest son manasseh he said for the lord has called has caused all my troubles to be forgotten so this grace for governance will cause you to forget some troubles this grace for governance it will cause you to you know disconnect from some turmoil and trauma there is a certain trauma that can be healed on a counseling table and there is a trauma that can be healed only when god blesses you there is a trauma that can be healed only when something more beautiful and powerful overtakes that traumatic situation and the bible says at this point not 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 in potiphar's house not even in the prison but when he reached his final destination he said okay now the lord has caused me to forget the troubles the insults the hatred the name calling the wrong accusation the fact that this guy that i helped he forgot me the lord has caused me to forget all the troubles all the turmoil <laughs> and then the next child that he had he said that he named his second son ephraim for he said god has not just made me forget he's also made me fruitful so not only is the lord making you forget some of your turmoil from last year this year the lord is giving you fruitfulness this year the lord is giving you governance and this is not happening because of your ability this is happening because the hand of the lord is upon you will you stand with me as we read this last verse Isaiah chapter 41 verse 20 this is one scripture which will be part of this year's confession we'll keep going back to it again and again and again because this is this is our declaration over this year that they may see and know and consider and understand together what that the hand of the lord has done this and the holy one of israel has created it is not the hand of man it's not joseph's hand it is the hand of the lord working through joseph's hand they will see and know they will understand they will realize it says they will consider and understand together that the hand of the lord has done this there will be no doubt about the fact that what you're doing this year is unmistakably unmistakably a result of the hand of the lord upon you like it is going to be a result it's going to be a manifestation of the grace of governance that has been spoken over your life it has to be a result of the grace of governance are you ready i'm going to declare the 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 confessions and the benediction for this year before we pray are you ready for this this is going to be our confession throughout this entire year you know here in our church we've been doing this every year and we have the confessions for today are you ready let's go 1 2 3 go i am that grain of wheat dead and buried in christ i will not remain alone but i will multiply and produce much fruit somebody said an amen. amen i am a product not of a corruptible seed but 
of the incorruptible word of God. Therefore, I cannot fail. Come on. I disconnect myself from the turmoil, the pain, and the grief of the past years in the mighty name of Jesus. I am a city on a hill. I'm a system. I'm a kingdom. And I am a government. Come on now. <laughs> I am a seed of the oak tree. And I carry nations within me. I am the body of Christ. Therefore, the government will be upon my shoulders. <laughs> they will see and they will know and I will consider and I will understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. That the Holy One of Israel has created it. Hallelujah. As the scriptures say, the people who walked in darkness, they have seen a, a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. This is, loudly, this is the year of governance. So I will rise and shine for the glory of God has risen upon me. Come on now. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, this house, come on, point to this house. This house is my home. This altar is my home. This stream is my home because his nearness is my greatness. Let's do the benediction. Next slide. Lift your hands. I receive grace. I receive peace. From him who is, who was, and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before the throne from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth come on now to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God, to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever and ever. Amen. Welcome, welcome to the year of governance. This is your year of governance. This is your year of governance.